You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down in Oklahoma City today. A huge shout-out to Alyssa Dyer and Table Investments for having us because the actual recording place we were supposed to, we're in the middle of an ice storm, and they don't have power. So if you hear some things going on in the background, we're in an active working office, so I apologize for that. But the good thing is we actually are doing a podcast today. Um... And my guest, we were just talking, uh, we have been trying to do this for like since the podcast started, but my guest today is Elise Wade from Oklahoma State um, and I guess famous for riding bullet. <laughs> Ryan? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I, I would, I think famous is like a really big word. I don't know if I can fill those boots, but I mean, I, I did ride bullet. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And they are boots we've grown up literally wearing probably since you were born. I have. I've told people I've been riding horses longer than I've been walking, quite yeah. literally. That's so cool. I can... I think I saw, uh, I was looking, doing some research, looking through the pictures on your Instagram mm-hmm. and I always go to like the tagged photos to see, cause when you go to someone's <laughs> tagged photos, oh, they, no. well, and when I, the reason I say that is when you go to someone's tagged photos, you see all the professional photos that have had taken of them. Oh, yeah. And I saw the ones that were done, like probably when you, at the end of your riding bullet and like you're in the stadium and you've got your stuff on and yeah. the bullet's not in the photos, but those photos mm-hmm. are really good. Uh, those were, that was one of my favorite photo shoots yeah. I got to do and a really good friend of mine, um, took them for me. So yeah. I think I'm going to repost those once we this podcast goes out because they're really good photos oh thank you um i mean i guess we will get into writing bullet uh but you know the whole story right where you born and raised i was born and raised on a horse farm in enid oklahoma my dad trained horses for about 20 years Mm -hmm. and then right around the time i was born he wanted to be um a dad and he also realized that there comes a point in time when you have so many clients um, that own horses that he, people were really comfortable with him mm-hmm. and would they keep be in the middle of like a riding lesson and then they would just tell him everything about what's going on in their family like oh but for some reason there's something comforting about being on the back of a horse and being in a barn it's warm and it's inviting and you feel like those people are family mm-hmm. and uh, you trust the people that you're around because like there's something that connects you other than just being family with them okay. and he started realizing that he really enjoyed being a part of these people's world like that yeah. and we were talking about SNU earlier my dad got his master's from Southern Nazarene and is now a marriage and family therapist and will finish his doctorate pretty soon yeah yep and then my mom she is an anesthesiologist so she's a medical doctor and has been in Enid since she got out of medical school at OU and I mean then they just had me and I just I kind of got to take on the horse riding side of things and my parents um, gave me yeah. like every little girl's dream I had ponies coming out of my ears <laughs> <laughs> do you have brothers and sisters um, I do have an older sister uh, she's actually a kindergarten teacher there in Enid and I have yeah. two nephews and a niece that are my entire world we were talking about kids earlier and I, I, I call them my kids because they yeah. are and uh, my sister was sending me pictures of them yesterday playing in the ice which most people would be like oh you want to see pictures playing in the snow no my, ki- my kids play in the ice <laughs> so you do when you grow up in Enid right, right. you grow up in <laughs> Pretty re- much. kind of remote towns mm-hmm. that are away from the cities and yeah like there's I've got friends that live uh, up in Okachi and they run ranches and cattle in there and they're like yeah it doesn't stop like oh, man, they're Okachi. busy all day oh yeah you know um, but yeah that that's really cool so yeah I mean you are so I, so comfortable on a horse it's literally like riding a bike it's my com- uh, it's literally my comfort zone <laughs> yeah I I have like when you grow up in the UK you don't I mean I have friends who ride and and I have friends who race horses but I just like that's a big deal over there yeah I just like was not into it I think I had like a bad experience when I was a kid and I was like walking a horse and he like freaked out and I'd like I'm a golfer right and like 
I feel like that's everyone's thing is like, oh, you ride horses? That's cool. I rode one once when I was little and yeah. he bucked me off or he bit me, so I never did it again. Yeah, like I, and um, we know what, we went back, me and my wife went back and, and my friend who does the race horse stuff, they have a, like the, the, you know, like a school or whatever and they do rides with people and they take tours or whatever and it's right next to the coast and there's, there's this amazing video of like, it's like the Guinness commercial. Have you ever seen the Guinness commercial where the, the horses are riding through the waves? Maybe like a white like horse. beer? Yeah. Uh, probably not because we grew up here. But, I was going to say, uh, I don't know. I see Coors Light commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's this whole scene of like these horses running through the, down the beach, right? As the waves are crashing in. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. And I, I'll, yeah, I'll show it to you when we get done recording. But like that is, I'm like, I am so impatient. I'm like, I want to do that, right? But I've got to learn to ride a horse first. Yeah. Um, but you walk before they you do run. tours. Yeah. And my wife got to ride and do a tour with my friend's girlfriend. I was like, I'll do that with you. I'm like, great. You take her. I'm going to go with hang out like and sit in the pub or whatever but that's like my view of riding a horse not like i need to skip the learning phase which nobody can do but i i i think i need to do it i think you'd be really famous if you didn't have to learn how to ride a horse like if you just like decided yeah. i'm gonna learn how to ride a horse today and then you already and you know just got it oh my yeah, goodness yeah that'd be awesome um so growing up in enid literally with ponies and horses everywhere i'm sure mom and dad really enjoyed that because they could i guess that when your dad made that choice to, to career change and your mom was already in medical mm-hmm. school and doing that stuff that was probably a release for them right to be able to like it wasn't a job for them to do horses anymore. Right. Well, um, kind of at that point, I, I don't know why. Um, I, I'm not saying I had an ability at a young age, um, but it didn't take very long. Like I didn't, a lot of kids will have what are called like made, but they're like already trained horses for Mm -hmm. them when they get them. And I grew up and I had a really great pony. My first pony, she was awesome. But then after that, um, we, I, I mean, we couldn't afford for me just to have all these really, really fancy, well-made ponies. So mm-hmm. it's like you, my parents weren't just giving me a Mercedes. I was basically in the garage building like this go-kart. So we would have horses at a young age that we would train and were getting trained for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I was having to help train too. And so that kind of did become a business. And so it took it from just the fun riding around in the barn to I got to travel across the country every weekend and was competing at horse shows for three weeks at a time, whether in yeah. like California or Florida or down in Texas. And so that side was a business, but at the same time, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade those hours in the barn for anything. And like, we always joke that some of my best dinnertime conversations were sitting in our dually on the way to a horse show with my mom and my dad and me eating um, pizza off the console. So I, I don't know. We had some really great family time, but it was serious. My dad's always called me a pressure player and that's because I've been competing since I was young. So that I am comfortable. We talked about being comfortable on the back of a horse. I'm comfortable competing. I'm comfortable being in competition and it's, I don't know. That's where I enjoyed being. And I had I don't know. Both of my parents were extremely competitive. So growing up and having them, they told me they would never, they would never hand me anything Mm -hmm. on a silver platter, but they would make sure I had every opportunity to be successful. And they just kind of let me run with it. Yeah. That whole show, like the stuff, what exactly were you doing? Were you like doing, and I know absolutely nothing, I know a little (laughs) bit, meaning that I know like there's barrel racing and all the roping and that that's as far as my knowledge <laughs> goes. Uh, what were you into? What were I you doing? grew up riding in the United States Equestrian Federation, the USEF, and I showed hunter jumpers. Mm-hmm. And so from an early age, a lot of kids will start on the pony hunters. I'll, I'll show you some pictures later. Okay. But they're like these cute little ponies and they braid them and stuff. I don't know, like I know you're big on like Instagram stuff, but if there's a... Not very long ago, it came out that Kylie Jenner bought um, this pony that they came that came over from like Ireland, I think, is where she, um, mm-hmm. it got shipped in from, and they spent however much money on it. But that pony had already been here in the states and had already been famous. Yeah. But that's those ponies. Like they're clean and they're pretty and they're cute and they're, they have braids and they're yeah. fun and you give them peppermints. <laughs> but they're it's ju- it's ponies. jumping stuff. Yeah. You're you're judged on the pony's ability and then your ability as a rider. Okay. So that stuff's That's not what I easy, started right? With anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> and were, was it kind of, I don't know, were people kind of like shocked that you were doing this at a young age? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, it depends on like the people who, the people The people who know, right? Well, there was the people I was showing with and those were my best friends early on were sure. halfway across the country. I got to see them only on the weekends. Um, but I was the weird horse girl <laughs> all through elementary school and I got made fun of and it was, 
not really very fun because you're traveling all the time yeah, and you're in gone. school people didn't yeah. get it it was just you're the horse kid and yeah. talk about horses all the time and what you were doing and I'm like well I was I was literally in yeah. Wellington last week but it's fine yeah I was I kind of have a similar experience I was the golf kid in high school growing up like yeah. a, and you know like yeah, said, you were it's extremely an, yeah, competitive it's an old man's sport why are you doing that you know why aren't you coming out on the weekend so I'm teeing off yeah. at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning right. that's why you know and obviously with yeah. horses you're up a lot earlier mm-hmm. and, and right you know, I didn't get I didn't do like the little girl sleepovers and stuff like if I had time to have a sleepover then I needed to get in bed because my dad would be like I mean it's going to get hot tomorrow we're going to need to get up and, ro- and yeah. ride in the morning <laughs> yeah so you said you started doing the run and jump stuff so mm-hmm. what did you progress into so the hunter jumper deal I did early on but my dad had trained they're called all around horses so like the western pleasure the people in the sparkly shirts and the mm-hmm. cowboy hats so I did the all around a little bit too and then not very long after that my um, chosen aunt and uncle mm-hmm. that our horse trainers my uh, one of my dad's best friends is a rope horse trainer and his wife was training barrel horses mm-hmm. and well I mean for herself but she had a really cool horse and I was like I want to be a barrel racer yeah. I want a barrel horse and I just want to um, graduate from my pony onto a big horse because I'm going to run a barrel horse at the county fair yeah <laughs> oh this sounds so silly <laughs> and uh, but it was like a big deal to it, you was, it yeah. was I, I didn't get to do it all the time I was clean and um, like well groomed and polished all the time with the hunter jumper stuff and I was like someday I'm going to be a barrel racer and I'm going to do it at the county fair and so my dad called my aunt Cicely and was like hey like do you have just like an older horse that Elise can just take and just have for the weekend that's not going to like try to buck her off or anything you know and be pretty nice to her and she was like well um, I had this other one but he was hurt at the time but you can take Maddie and my dad was like, uh-uh, no, that one is young, and I've seen you ride him. He is wild. <laughs> That's not going to happen. And yeah. she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, she'll be fine. Uh, I ended up getting this horse, and he was young, and I was young, and he took care of me. And I ended up having him for almost 10 years. Actually, I probably did have him for 10 years. Yeah. And we sold him to a little girl in California, or not California, in Colorado about a year ago. Yeah. And he's still getting to run barrels, but I mean, he took me from the county fair trotting to, I, I got to go to some really cool rodeos on him, and I got bit with the rodeo bug rider on then. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna do it this time. Because it's super competitive. Oh, it? yeah. Especially oh, and, and it's awesome, but it's loud. It was not the prim and proper hunter jumper thing that I was used to. I was like, yeah. these people are having fun. Yeah. And, but I'd already been around it because from a younger age, while I was doing the hunter jumper stuff, my parents got me involved in rodeo queen competitions. Mm-hmm. And it, I wasn't a competitor, but they wanted me to have the confidence and have something that could teach me to um, carry myself in a room and be able to be comfortable talking to people and speak on a microphone yeah. and be able to learn how to study and things like that. And so getting involved with the rodeo queen thing, like I said, I'd already been around rodeo and I was like, I just, I really yeah. like this one. I really like this sport. I really want to get more into it. And and then I fell in love with it. Yeah. So when, well, when, well, you know, how old are you and what time do you fall in love with the rodeo queen stuff? Oh man. Uh, I was on stage at a Rodeo Queen pageant at three years old. Okay. And it was the Miss Rodeo Oklahoma pageant when it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. And I did it every year until I was So it was always nine. something that you did, but then oh, yeah. when you got to that, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Like, yeah, it wasn't until yeah. I got the barrel horse that I really wanted to start competing in rodeo. Gotcha. Before that, I just really enjoyed... Rodeo Queens are basically the PR representatives for the sport. Sure. And so at that point, I was just learning to be a salesman. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> And so, I mean, you want a timeline. It's really hard to give you a timeline yeah. on these things because... Everything just matches together, yeah, but just I comes up, to... I am one of the most blessed people on this planet, and I'm very fortunate. And like I said earlier, my parents gave me every opportunity I wanted mm-hmm. to be successful. If I told them that I wanted to do something, they were very serious that I was not going to, like, yeah. half-ass it, if you will. Yeah. Like, they were like, you're going to get in this, and you were, you're going to do it. Yeah. And, and I did. So I have had the opportunity to do a lot of really cool things that... I somehow managed to mesh together. Right. I don't. I really don't know how. Yeah, but it's something that you love doing. So yeah. like when you, things. I'm a busybody. Yeah, but that's the good thing, right? Is that when you're busy, you're always doing things that you love doing, or it's, you know, it's it's something that it's working towards something that there's an end goal here, and all these things come together. And okay, I'm going to do the rodeo queen. I've always been doing it. Yeah. Now I'm really going to jump on stage, mm-hmm. or I'm going to take a different approach and go run, you know, do brow racing. Like it's all around something you love doing. Right, and working. Right? I love working. I love working towards something, and I set little goals here and there, and I set big goals, and mm-hmm. I've 
I don't know. You just have to. You just have to do it. And yeah. if you don't hit something, you learn from it. So. So you traveled all around the country doing rodeo queen stuff as well as <laughs> racing. Yeah. Well, the the horse show stuff and then the rodeo queen stuff. I got to travel a lot and meet a lot of really incredible people. I mm-hmm. my uh, my friend that I told you that lives in London now. When I was younger, she used to call me her twenty five year old in a seven year old's body. Yeah. It, I mean, I you had to be mature at that point. I mean, you couldn't sit in a room with executives from Wrangler or mm-hmm. um, from the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association and not carry yourself well at the age of nine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I guess it has kind of parallels to golf then, because like I, when, you're, when you're a kid growing up, you always play around older, older yeah. men, right? You always play with older golfers mm-hmm. and like you learn, you have an old head on your shoulders growing right. up. You know how to You've converse. You've seen a lot. <laughs> yeah, you have. I mean, you also learn every cuss word in the book playing golf oh, as well. Yeah. I'm sure the same in rodeo. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of with that is you grow up a lot quicker mm-hmm. don't you you're not like stuck in a classroom or running around with kids that are the same age as you you're growing up around you know men and women who right. are successful and who are in places of influence mm-hmm. and people that you might aspire to be right so where no, does, I couldn't agree with you more yeah where does I guess I mean obviously you were going to OSU right like it's kind of like oh you know it's natural as every other other ag person I speak to or cowboy that I speak to is um is the same I mean Oklahoma has such a great reputation for the ag industry Mm -hmm. um were you at the point where you're thinking of going to college was it like a little goal or a dream to be on the team and ride bullet and all that stuff or was it you know that I have an opportunity here I am going to go to school uh, and because I'm sure you had other opportunities as well I right. did. I growing up, I wanted to be on the on an equestrian team. Um, I looked at several other schools that we don't really need to discuss. <laughs> but I, I mean, the opportunities were there for sure, and I really did strongly consider it. But growing up, my parents used to say, "Oh, our pin is only going to write in orange and black," and they. But then, I mean, as we had to start really taking things into consideration and my future into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, that Oklahoma State became a little bit. Um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't just the end goal. It was part of like this group of other schools that I really needed to take seriously. Sure. But from probably first grade, I think I was doing the hunter jumpers, and it's a completely mm-hmm. and horse to horse people. We understand they're completely different worlds between rodeo and the horse show thing, and even just being the spirit rider. Mm-hmm. And that. Being the spirit rider wasn't ever really on my mind until I had one of my really good friends whose dad was actually a doctor too, that she was like obsessed with Oklahoma State University. Like she had OSU things everywhere. Like they were, her parents' cars had OSU stuff on them and, yeah. and whatnot. And she's like, you're going to ride bullets someday. And I'm like, that'd be pretty cool, but I don't like it. It is what yeah. it is. Um, I'm probably not going to go there. I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. I'm going to get out of Oklahoma. And I just, I mean, it was always on my mind, I guess. But... In high school, I was like, I'm not going there. I want, like I said, I'm getting out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what happened. I wish I could nail it down to a specific day or if I saw something. But there was, I just had like this realization. I was like, if I don't go to OSU, yeah, I will never have the opportunity to ride bullet. Yeah. And that was it. And I, that sounds so silly. Like, oh, I picked school because I wanted to be the spirit rider. Yeah. And I didn't expect it to happen as, as fast as it did. I was a freshman, and we knew the people that were, uh, run the program. And I bugged them, and I bugged them. And I was like, when do applications come out? What, like, when is the tryouts going to be and all this stuff? And, like, they just kind of kept me involved and in the loop. No one has ever had, at the time, had ever ridden bullet as, um, had been chosen as a freshman and gotten a ride as a sophomore. Okay. And I went in there, and, like, I remember sitting in my interview, and they were like, are you going to be okay with just being on the ground crew um, if you're chosen? I was like, oh, my gosh, the fact that you guys even let me be here is incredible. Of course I want to be on the ground crew, kind of get to see everything, figure out how it works, be just being there and being a part of this program Mm -hmm. is something I've dreamt of as from being a little girl. So, of course, that would be fine. And I found out close to midnight that night that I had gotten chosen to ride, and I was bawling. I was bawling. My dad was downstairs still watching TV, and my mom had already gone to bed, and I was like, I don't know what yeah. you're doing, but I need you to turn TV off for a second. <laughs> and because, I mean, my dad was has been beside me my mm-hmm. entire life with the horse stuff. I mean, like I said, he trained horses. Yeah. And so something like that, of the magnitude of what it is, mm-hmm. um, he was so excited and he went he was like Sandra Sandra I need you to like wake up for just a second and like we were all crying oh my goodness like I mean I could cry right right now thinking about it yeah um so Bullet pretty much brought me to Oklahoma State University yeah 
That's so cool. (laughs) It's, I love it. I love stories like that because it's, you know, it's so special. It means so much. Um, you know, just to have those memories, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have that forever. Like oh, that moment yeah. of calling your dad or whatever and, and waking up your mum and, like, you've just been given this opportunity. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Like, uh, yeah, the... Uh, gives me chills thinking about it. Oh, it gives me chills thinking about it, too. I mean, I still hear um, the band and I still get chills about it or I see pictures or videos and I, I can almost put myself back in that position and I didn't... You don't understand what it feels like and I didn't... I felt like the spirit writer. I knew I was a spirit writer, but... The first game, you don't get to go out there until the band run is like happening. Like mm-hmm. that's the first thing the bullet does is the band run at the beginning of the games. Like yeah. the team hasn't even come out yet, but the band is playing. And you run and between everybody. Yeah. You but you don't get to go and right? sit in there. You don't get to watch it happen yet, okay. other than practice. You sit in the tunnel like underneath because bullet has a stall. Like you go into your tunnel and then turn right and then go. Um, a little bit and yeah. there's a stall that he waits in and because so many things are happening down there he has to wait right there until yeah. like that exact moment and again with being the pressure player I've had a lot of really incredible opportunities to be in loud situations I was um, a flag girl at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas the year before okay. and I thought I knew what sitting in a tunnel with 20,000 people was like and yeah. it being dark and loud and whatnot. I thought I knew and that was a really, I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to do that too, because it geared me up for this one. Yeah. And I was like, I got this, but I come out of the tunnel cause it's dark down there. And then you just have like this light hit you. Yeah. And then it's loud. There is nothing, nothing on this planet, like 60,000 football fans yeah. screaming and yelling and stomping and clapping. And I like looked up and I was like, and like, I just like, I don't know what happened, but I was able just to wipe that clean. I was like, yeah. I cannot look at this yet. And then I just went right down the field and it wasn't, I'll have to find the video, but I was trotting da- back down the sideline after going down the middle of the uh, band. And I was like looking around and then I really got to like figure it out. And I kind of, in the video, I'm kind of like, <sighs> I take a breath and then I start swinging the flag and I was in it. I was yeah. in it. Like I love, I love stuff like that, but there's, there's nothing like that. I mean, I felt like, you know, like in the movie dreamer when. And like they say something about uh, when he galloped, the ground beneath him shook mm-hmm. and like the earth, blah, 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 yeah, whatever the yeah. quote is. Like I, like I felt that. Like this entire stadium, Boone Pickens Stadium just shakes and it rattles. Oh man, that, that's the one that gives me chills. So good. <laughs> that must have felt amazing. Electric. Like, you know, you've got the, you get the stadium on top of you, mm-hmm. right? Like screaming, shouting, orange power, whatever it is. Yeah. And then you come out, out of the smoke, right? Kind of. No, 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 no the, they the only did the smoke. the smoke. The team comes out of the smoke. You yeah. come out, you run down between the bands. Yeah, they only um, ran bullet out in the smoke one time. Okay. And I got a really cool picture, but it was, it was a little dangerous. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, you come out like down, you know, down between everybody. Everyone's going nuts. And yeah. I, so my parents came to town, actually it was, two or three weeks ago, this time last year, uh-huh. and I went to homecoming. Uh, <laughs> and a friend of ours, my, they'd never been to a game before. Like, the, we do not do college sports. Like, you, I mean, it's non-existent. Really? Right? Yeah, like, it's, you know, it is. Is that why you chose the States then? Here? Oh, yeah, it's so much better being here. Really? Like, the, the sports, like, the amount of money and the amount of time and the amount of fandom in sports mm-hmm. here is a hundred times better than back We're home. very competitive. Yeah, and it, like, it's just amazing. So... When uh, a friend of ours um, surprised me, my parents, me and my dad and my brother with box seats uh, or club level, whatever it is for, yeah. for homecoming. Um, at OSU? At OSU, yeah. Uh, last year's homecoming. And they'd never been to a game, right? So they first, my, my brother and my dad's first game oh is homecoming uh, oh last year. We have America's Greatest Homecoming. Exactly. I don't know if you know that, yeah. but you know that now. <laughs> exactly. So we go to the game and like my day, you know, we're up kind of club level. We get our seats there and free food and drinks, whatever. Ever, having a great time and then the band comes out right and I just remember the first time that my my brother's like um, you know what is going on like this this is like this happens all around the country oh, yeah. every single game like this is what it's like it's nuts mm-hmm. and they College just, they just couldn't very believe it <laughs> and then when Bullet comes out Right, and my, my dad's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "And with Oklahoma State bullet. Spirit Rider, yeah. that's Harley Huff last year. Harley Huff, yeah. here comes exactly Mike. like that whole thing." And like, oh, they thought it was amazing. Like, my dad's out there, typical dad, with <laughs> like, this, there's a horse. taking videos and pictures <laughs> and all that. Like, he's got some great because you're obviously you're quite high up being at club level. You have got some great vantage points, and oh, they absolutely loved it. 
Like, really? that was awesome. And the horse was uh, cool to you guys. I love yeah, that. Yeah, like, they, they was, like, you know, there's, it's because horse racing, it's, it's yeah. racing back home, isn't it? It's, yeah. like, Chapster races or all this stuff. Like, it's yeah. quite a big deal. Um, but never, like barrel stuff or mm-hmm. rodeo like it's always like track racing or you might see like the dressage stuff yeah. you know like the side base trotting beautiful. fancy mm-hmm. beautiful like you know you have royals and people have done that stuff but that must have felt so good coming yeah. out and then like having that like yeah, that exhale yeah. right like yeah. okay now I get to take it all in I've kind of done my bit I've just got to get the horse back mm-hmm. in yeah but, now I just right? gotta go back in there and wait for the game to start yeah <laughs> so I have a friend who used to be one of the marketing managers for Eskimo Joe's. Really? And her job was to get uh, Joe and the Buddy, right, mm-hmm. out on the times at the game. And she said, oh, she told me that she's like, that Bullet hates those two. He did. Right? He doesn't like their heads. Yeah. Like, if they look at him, he didn't like it. They would have to turn around. That's what she was saying, like yeah. walk up against the wall. She was, like, their handler <laughs> for the whole game. Because I said, when I found that out, I'm like, I would love to put that suit on and get out. There. Right? Like, put, I don't care if it's 100 degrees. Like, put me in that suit, and I'll go and throw T-shirts out, do whatever. And like, Nothing you know. worse than your first time, exactly. like, on U.S. soil yeah. when you said it was just 100 outside. Right. Now I'm like, let's do it. And she's like, okay, well, we can try. And then she's doesn't work there anymore um but uh yeah like when she said the bullet hates those two yeah. i was like that's one of the questions i want to ask you i was like what is that like <laughs> he didn't like those out? he didn't like the tubas they yeah. would have to turn and face the wall too and then the um, cheerleaders and the palm girls would have to put their pom-poms behind their back because really? he didn't well they were shiny and they oh, rattled yeah. and they sounded weird yeah. to him but no, I mean, he never really like freaked on anything. He just didn't like it. Like you just knew he wouldn't like, yeah. he'd be like, you know, like girls when you get like the side eye, you're like, yeah, a bit of that's an what he would do. He would just sit there and he'd be like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like them. <laughs> do you have any moments like what he wouldn't go back in, in no. down the tunnel? No, Has that I was, before? I was bullets, um, last full season okay. as bullet when they retired him the next year. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, at that point, I was his 11th season, I believe. Yeah. Honestly, he was taking me everywhere I needed to go. Like, he knew exactly where he, he was headed. Like, he yeah. would go um, out on the field. Like, I'd have to kind of steer him because he was a little bit um, naughty sometimes. But as soon as we were back in the tunnel, he would just get up against the wall and he would just stand there. Yeah. Just wait it out. And he would yeah. know. Oh, man. It's so cool. <laughs> so that first game, like, after that first game, you're like, this is, like, Hooked. I get to do this for the rest oh, yeah. of the year. Every oh, game. I, I mean, I was sad the first game. Like, as soon as the first game was over, I was like... Yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, I've had a lot of really cool opportunities that you only get for a year. As a rodeo queen, most titles you only have for one year. Yeah. And as soon as the first game happened, I went, oh, no. Yeah. Like, this is about to fly. Because, I mean, they literally, time truly does fly when you're having fun. Right. And it felt like that yeah. from the first game to the last. And, and it, like, it just and never stops. Unfortunately for, for OSU, like, sometimes you have a bad season, yeah. which is more than <laughs> most seasons. Out and the tunnel. just sit in the tunnel the whole game, right? Like, <laughs> I was really, really fortunate, too. I mean, we had... Um, was it the year you were doing on the 10-0 run or something? Uh, was it was that the following year? I don't know. I I was the last year that um, we had like Mason Rudolph graduated after. Okay. Um, yeah. After mine, so we had him and James Washington, and they were electric together. Yeah. And so I just got to sit and watch um, two of some of the most famous football players to ever come through Oklahoma State's program yeah. and be there for their last games too. So it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, oh, must be so good. Because um, I, I mean, I really did. I got to watch good football. Yeah, <laughs> I had the best right seat there. in the house. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I guess Bullock goes back to his stall, and mm-hmm. you like just. Well, no. Actually, during the game, you stay in the tunnel. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you just sit. So with the tunnel. Him. I just get to literally sit in the corner yeah. um, of the field, and I just stay there. Yeah, yeah. People really can't like people, and that probably, the crowd was amazing. The feeling of galloping across the field, amazing. But one of the coolest things to me was the kids that knew where he was. Okay. And like, I mean, like I said, not really big on the whole kid thing, but there is a very, very special feeling about pure joy and care about something. It's like a Disney princess. Sure. You know, you're uh, an icon to these people. And honestly, and it's not me. And that was probably one of the biggest reality checks I had. My dad and I sat and talked about it. And my dad is very, very good about, um, like keeping me grounded and reminding me like there's a reason you're doing this there's a reason for this yeah bullet has been around since the 80s and there's grandparents that were there Mm -hmm. when he when he started being um bullet and 
they there's those people's kids that knew him when they were going to school their bullet means something yeah. to people and it's not just like this cool horse but i mean he is a recognizable symbol to Oklahoma State University. He is the spirit of Oklahoma State University. Yeah. He represents everything that is good about the cowboy way at Oklahoma State. And so the fact that I just got to be a part of that yeah. and sit on him and be able to guide him around the field and whatever and take care of him and brush him, I would pet this horse and I'd like look at him and I'd be at home well, at the place that he stays over near Tulsa. And I would just be like, man, I am the luckiest girl in the world. People are obsessed with this horse. He means so much yeah. to everyone that's a fan of Oklahoma State University. And so I'll go back to when I'm sitting in the tunnel, there's kids that know where he waits. Sure. And they would get this, and like security guards would let them go see Bullet. And they would get to come down there and they would look down and they would just want to like look at him and they would want a picture with him or they would want me to sign something. Yeah. And I would always sign my name and then I'd sign Bullet. And they're like, Bullet signed it too. Oh my goodness, that yeah. was probably... The most special part of it is like people would bring their kids down there and like there was a little there's a little girl that still does this every year she dresses up and she puts her little um chaps on and she puts a black cowboy hat on and because she wants to look like the spirit rider someday she wants to be the spirit rider yeah. and she comes to find bullet every year that's special oh yeah but it's 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 very pure you know? yeah and you're right with the whole like it is like a disney princess right like yeah it's you know, kids get excited. They go to Disney World and they get to see um, Cinderella. And they're like, oh, like she really exists. Yeah. Like they see Bullet on TV. They see pictures of him all over campus. They see um, like his stuffed animals and everything. Yeah. And then they, he's like really there, <laughs> you know. Oh, it's horses. Like, and, and even me, like not like being a, a cowboy or a horse person or someone who just grows up around it. Like I understand them. Like they're just special. Yeah. You know, they've got a demeanor. that yeah. like, they're just, you know, they're they're just not your average animal mm -hmm. right um anyway uh winston churchill once said there is nothing better for the inside of a man than the outside of a horse and that could not be more true especially with a horse like bullet yeah it's yes like the even the history behind it right like and you know horses in general right like yeah one you know there's some great movies out there um with horses and the War mm -hmm. Horse is a great movie. Yeah, I and saw the that in theaters. Like, yeah, and the guy is like, uh, you know, they, they find the horse, don't they? And he's like covered in mud. And he's like, it's my horse. It's my oh. horse. And he's blind, right? At the scene. And then like, and he comes out and he's like, uh. look, he's got like a, you know, he's got a left, white, white, his back left foot's white or whatever. And like they wash him and like, yeah, it's my horse. Like he's a war horse. Like that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's such yeah. a huge scene. You um, know, it's so corny, but every... Um, you and I were like you asked me earlier about like my, my timeline and everything mm -hmm. and even the stuff that I've done that hasn't included horses and I get man man I don't like being corny and this is so corny but <laughs> almost every true, cool though. thing I've had the opportunity to do yeah. has involved horses or the yeah. horse industry it's the same for me with golf though yeah, every, every yeah, yeah, opportunity yeah. that I've ever had that I've ever been given that I've ever taken advantage you of you can that root I just it back had, to that everything comes back to you I wouldn't be mm -hmm. here without it <sighs> You know, like it's saying, that. like you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't growing up riding horses, like you wouldn't have been where you were. Everything adds right. up when you look at it back in a timeline, everything adds up. And it's, it's great to just sit around and do that every now and then, right? right to just yeah. be like, oh, like I met this person mm -hmm. while I was competing at this race at halfway across the country or right. this thing. And then now we're. And then I get to do yeah. this with them. Yeah. And because of that person, we both met this one. And, and, you know, you mentioned being in rooms with executives at the age of nine. Yeah. Like, the, everything comes back to something. It does. Um, so that. Uh, that year is like that, that year is just absolutely amazing right like, and, and also you're going to school at the same time right? oh, man. And, you know, yeah. riding bullet is like the highlight of every week but you still got to go to school and you, you know you, and I did yeah and, I mean, but it's, you also got to take care of him as well mm -hmm. like you know everyone just sees you ride but obviously they don't see right. all the fans don't see you you know mm -hmm. like brushing him and doing all the rest of it and taking care of Giving him bath, training and, and all that yeah, yeah. So how was all, how, you know, what, tell me about that. That was like, hard. That was that hard. don't know about. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but, and I don't know what they do now. I know I probably did extra things, mm -hmm. but I was only in Stillwater two or three nights a week. Yeah. And I would get up and I would go to class and then I would go to Tulsa where he is, or Sepulpa technically, mm -hmm. and I would ride him and then I would do my homework and then I would go to bed at the coach's house and... Yeah. I would get up the next morning and I would ride him and then I would go back to school. Yeah. And then I would pretty much repeat that uh, for the entire the season. season. 
Yeah, the whole season. Yeah. And there was a few times where I needed to even go back. Like, we would have finished a game and something, and, like, the coaches needed me to do something. And I would have to drive all the way back over there on a Saturday night. And, yeah. you know, most people are like, oh, yeah, the game's over. You're done. Like, let's go party, man. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, I got to go ride, man. Got to go take care of both. Yeah. Yeah, it's my job's not done here. No, I'm not. It's not over yet, man. Yeah. So that whole year, like, you really didn't. I mean, you just went to class and took care of both. You didn't get yeah. to live That's like the college lifestyle, right? I didn't have I really did never do the college thing yeah. at all. Okay. I mean, I'm still, I mean, this is the first time I've been in, thanks to COVID and everything, this is the first time I've been in Stillwater this long. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking me crazy. Yeah. I love Stillwater. I love it. And it's the well, best so town to come home to. traveling, you're so used mm-hmm. to being somewhere every weekend. You get ingrained. Right. Oh, where are we going this weekend? Like, yeah, even the when first... you get a weekend off, where am I going to go? I'm going right. to do something. No, I know. And I'm like, I've, I've always lived on a schedule. I've, yeah. my, like my parents, when I said, from a young age, like with the Rodeo Queen stuff, you have to learn time management. Yeah. And I, I'm a little crazy when I don't have a schedule. Right. I don't mind getting off of a schedule, but I love being busy and yeah. I love at least starting with one. Yeah. So, so what were you studying then? That year? It's your sophomore year, right? That you're writing. Yes. Okay. So you're just doing, you've obviously picked a degree at that point. Are you kind of doing uh, a bunch of mixed classes. I've done like this thing that a lot of people do in college and I've changed <laughs> my major like four or five times. So what, what was it originally? I don't uh, Strategic communications, I think is what I started with. Okay. Maybe. Was there a reason? My, one of my friends told me I would like it. And then uh, I think I went sports management. I think I was trying to do both at the same time. Yeah. Because I really liked sports. I started getting, I took, I was in the athletic department offices mm-hmm. more times than I can count, sitting in meetings and trying to get things set up for the following year and all sorts of stuff like that. Trying to use, I was trying to merge the connections that I had in rodeo Yeah. Um, with Oklahoma State Athletics. And that turned out to be a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> Why is that? But, um, because dealing with the NCAA and the Big 12 and um, licensing mm-hmm. was really hard. And then there is a major difference between the Oklahoma State Athletic Department and Oklahoma State University. Okay. Different licensing, different entities. They operate really? completely separately. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Really, the only thing binding them is the name and the athletes, which is weird. Yeah. And that was a hard pill to swallow because I was like, so I need to meet with the... Athletic department, marketing department. Sure. And then to get this stuff done for blah, 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 blah. And I also have to go meet with the marketing department for Oklahoma State University. Yeah. And then the Spears School of Business had wanted to do some things with me, and they have their own marketing department. And so I'm meeting with them, and then we were getting different things like putting um, bullet pictures on T-shirts and stuff like that. And then I had to go through licensing. Yeah. like with the athletics department, and then I would have to go to the licensing at Oklahoma State because we were using Oklahoma State logo, and then anything yeah. involving bullet is athletics department. So I oh, learned a lot, which is why I yeah. want to go to law school because I thought it was insane. Yeah. But dealing with sports, I fell in love with it then. Sure. And I think that's when I decided I was going to be in sports management. Yeah. Which I'm not doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> so what year was that? This was like. 2017. This is why you were writing. Oh yeah. Okay. No, well, I stayed very busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so. You figure all that out, and then you... I guess it must be really hard your junior year, right? Because you're, like, not riding. You ha- you'd have this, like, See, part of you that's one not. of the in- most incredible things, um, I was working... So I was a spirit rider in the fall. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo is in December every year in Las Vegas. Okay. And I got hired by um, a small company called Fashion Fosse to come and help them kind of do some fashion things out there during mm-hmm. the NFR. And... While I was out there, I got hired by Wrangler to do some things for them and by Justin Boots to do some other stuff for them too because I was yeah. just coming off of being the sweet rider. I'd already been working with them. And so I had some opportunities to do that. And you'd continue to do the yes. Rodeo Queen so I'm stuff working all the way through. Well, no, the Rodeo Queen stuff I was done with in 2016. But you had it, you trained oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah. You yeah. know exactly oh, yeah. all this leads to yes. you saying, it all yes, I can weirdly do this stuff. Fits together. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so when Wrangler comes to you or right. Justin Boots comes to you, you're like, yeah, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Yeah, I'm totally, it's fine. Yeah, I got it. I can catwalk and I can smile. Yeah. Yes, I'm excellent in a room and I can shake hands. <laughs> <laughs> and I can wear a cowboy hat really right. well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, they, not very long after that, I was approached by 
an extreme sports company called Bullfighters Only. Okay. And so I, again, I'm coming off of being the spirit rider. I had one more big obligation in the spring. Mm-hmm. And these people hired me to be their sideline reporter. I didn't know what that was. I never even watched a bullfight or a yeah. freestyle bullfight. I had no idea. I knew these people because I'd been working with them through rodeo. Sure. But it was a big difference. And uh, so I ended up starting to do that. And I picked up my BFO deal in the spring of 2018. Okay. So I never stopped working. And I thought I was traveling a lot being the spirit writer. Yeah. But I was pretty much staying in Oklahoma. As soon as I hit the ground with BFO, I mean, we were in Ada, Oklahoma the first weekend. The next weekend I was with them was in Woodward, Oklahoma. Got on a plane the next weekend, went to Kennewick, Washington. Yeah. Came home, was in Texas for a week. Came back from that. We ended up going to California when I told you my phone crashed. Yeah. And it was just boom, 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 boom. We were all over the country. So you, but you, you hadn't had like any like media training. You haven't gone through like the typical journalist training. Like some people would have to get the jobs that you've had. And I thought about that. Um, People were like, oh, you need to be like, get a degree in broadcasting or in journalism or whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) That's not what I want to do with my life. I'm not doing it. I don't need it. Oops. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Everything I've done at this point is pretty much trial by fire. I just yeah. have to figure it out. And I've had small training here and there, and I am obsessed with it. Yeah. I love studying for things I like. And I, as soon as I got involved with the sports stuff, I didn't know anything about sideline reporting. I didn't even know anything about asking questions. Mm-hmm. I have been interviewed up until this point. I am 20 years old and I have spent the last 17 years yeah. on the other side of the interview getting questions about when's the rodeo? What does this mean? Yeah. Blah, 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 anything like tell me about the sport. Preparation, I've been training, selling something. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. I've never been on the other side of it. I never, like you learn how <clears throat> being interviewed as a rodeo queen, they teach you how to control an interview. Because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, most people that are um, like news anchors or whatever don't necessarily know the right questions to ask because yeah. they're interested. Why do you wear a cowboy hat? Um, do you get hot in your long sleeve shirts? And I'm like, you know what? You ask the um, same questions that everyone yeah, else asks. Yeah. yeah, like everyone hears it, but they think those are good questions, and which is fine because it's great. The audience does want to hear it, but you learn how to conduct an interview or to conduct it from the other side where they want to know about why you wear a cowboy hat. Yeah. You know what? Um, I am. We're in Cowboy App because it's what we do. It's This is what it stands for. And you're going to see a lot of them tonight at 7 p.m. at the rodeo. Yeah. And you just bring it right back to where you're supposed to. Sure. And I'm like, now fast forward, I am on the other side of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, how do I do this? So back to the obsession with it. I started watching the NFL Network. I started watching ESPN. I started watching Fox Sports. And it just became, I became a sports fan more mm-hmm. or less um, because I was just watching these sideline reporters and I was watching commentators. I was watching the way they carried themselves, how they held the microphone, how they formulated questions, how fast they had to think on their feet. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I had to figure it out on my own, honestly. Yeah. And I loved that part of it. <laughs> and back to your point of what your dad said, that you are, um, forgive me, I'm forgetting, but you're pre- under a pressure, pressure right? Pressure player. That's exactly what it is, especially mm-hmm. in like a, a short two or three, five, you know, I mean, 30 second maybe interview on sideline. Yeah. Like you were like, okay, you you're live, adapt. camera's on, like mm-hmm. someone's in your ear telling you it's go. Right. And now you have to come up with a question and then mm-hmm. a follow up question. Maybe if you get a bad answer or you get someone. Oh, man. Some the first ad, time you know, I had someone in my ear. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like some of the, but the answers that I'm you like, get. I'm like, you can see me. I'll have to find you the interview because you'll laugh at me. Yeah. Um, I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, at least you need to smile. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm really sorry. Trying my best. I've never done this before. <laughs> so this was this was like while you were obviously still at OSU studying every weekend. Oh, yeah, I'm you still, were gone I'm still there. You're still there, yeah. But you were still you were going and, and picking up deals, and then mm-hmm. you get obsessed with it. You really take into it and yeah. start researching it and getting. And it's something like I same as you know same as you. I don't have any training in journalism or background or podcasting mm-hmm. or whatever. It's you something just, you became passionate about. Yeah, and something that you just learn by doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's easy to have a conversation regardless yeah. if if the microphones are on or not like if we can still have a conversation and like that is how it has helped me as well as just adapt and just be have better conversations what do you think about when you're setting up an interview or you're doing it or when you think about what people want to hear like what is going through your mind about this is how i want it done i'm like selfishly i don't do that much research <laughs> so like the interviews like the, and, and to that point the interviews that i've done a lot of research mm-hmm. 
because I've done the research, I already know the answer, so I don't ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I come into it totally as, as mm -hmm. fresh as I can be. I know enough, mm -hmm. but I come into it as fresh as I can be so that I'm asking questions right. that, like, I really don't know the answer to mm -hmm. rather than, oh, I'm going to ask you this question because I've done the research, I know the answer, I know where it's going, and it might lead to another question. Right. Sometimes there's that. Uh, but, yeah, that, I don't... <coughs> I try not to do too much research because yeah. then for me it like it's ruined sometimes because ruins the authenticity and like the realness of like yeah. my reaction right is. like mm -hmm. I didn't you know when I asked you earlier what degree I expected you to say journalism you know and like broadcasting yeah. <laughs> right or something like that not I haven't decided yet like yeah. everything's just come to and that's what makes the story great oh thank you yeah when I think about interviewing people and I've always told like my bullfighters and stuff I'm like this is a conversation between you and I yeah. and I'll like point at the camera I'm like that they want to hear yeah and that's it that's exactly but then what it is. Yeah. I tell them that because that's how I picture it but then I also picture the fact that I like more or less than like a sideline reporter or an interviewer um, you're kind of like a liaison yeah between people that want to know something about this person yeah. like you said you don't know yeah. anything about them either and then the person that they want to hear from. And yeah. so you have to be able to take the information from them and break it down for the audience. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like making connections for people and right. I love it. And some of the, like the you know, like some of the stuff you mentioned earlier with you talking about uh, you know, like the acronyms, right? A lot of people listening to this, they're ag people, so they understand, mm -hmm. right? Like I remember when I interviewed Blaine Arthur, she was talking about FFA and I had no yeah. idea what FFA was. And I was like, What is that? Like I you asked that yeah. follow up question too, like, can you spell mm -hmm. it out, whatever it is. Um, and that's happened as well with some other stuff. But yeah, you're right. It's it's your liaison is totally right. Uh, so that's just been a lot of fun then traveling around and, and yeah. that has helped you get in the spotlight, pick up mm -hmm. more deals and pick up more business opportunities. Yeah, um, it really has. And one of my, and okay, so bringing things again, full circle, Yeah. the aunt that I got the barrel horse from her chosen aunt, she was a news anchor in, um, back in New Mexico. And I mean, she's bilingual. So she was from Lordsburg, New Mexico, and it was also being broadcast to Chihuahua, okay. uh, Mexico. And so she's, she had been on TV uh, for however long before. And I wish I would have known her back then, but yeah. she was really helpful. And um, she told me when I first got started and I was like, oh, like I need to figure out how to do whatever question. I don't remember what I asked her. And it was probably very, it was probably a selfish question. But she goes, if you were in this to get your face and your story on TV, you're in it for the wrong reasons. It is not about you. It yeah. is about them. Yeah. And ever since then, I was like, oh. She's right. Yeah. And that's why that goes back to the liaison deal. You get to help tell someone's story. And a lot of times and being an athlete, mm -hmm. like you guys don't have a lot of training in that, in that instance. And so you kind of have to take care of someone and help yeah. make sure that what, who they are as a person gets, um, across to other people. Yeah. And so the opportunities from that, I, I don't know. I, I hope that that comes across to people first when they see me on camera or see me doing things mm -hmm. is it really is important to me to showcase other people. And I mean, I have, I've been very fortunate and very blessed to have worked with some companies like ride television and the cowboy channel and RFD TV, um, because of, um, my, what I've done with bullfighters only and, yeah. and things like that. I've grown a lot. Uh, I got to work with uh, a videographer last weekend that I worked with at my very first bullfight. I haven't worked with him in two years. And he goes, man, you've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, just put, I, mean, I was like, oh, I haven't seen you since my first one. He goes, yeah, you've, you've really, you've really grown up a lot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what you mean? I don't do the finger guns on camera anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's always little things in it that you see, like, and I, I listen, sometimes listen to like an old podcast and I'll put it on for maybe 30 seconds uh -huh. to like listen to it. You Do you know. like hearing yourself talk? No, I hate it. I <coughs> uh, can't stand it. I'm a narcissist. I kind of like yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you get used to it, don't you? Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, it's I game wanna, tape. Yeah. Yeah. When I have to edit and stuff, I'm like, oh, great. Like, you know. Because it's just me that does all this. Everyone's like, oh, how many of you do? Who am I speaking? Like you earlier said, who am I speaking to on Instagram? Oh, it's me. Like, I'm the only one that does it so far. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's, you get used to it, don't you? You get used to hearing yourself and get used to seeing yourself on camera. Um, well, I'm and my, seeing how I'm you my act toughest and critic. Like, yeah, and you have to be, right? Like it's, um, yeah, like be, seeing, seeing yourself is much harder than just listening, isn't it? Yeah. 
you know, because you're like, why am I fidgeting? What am I doing? Yeah, like, like you my know, hair looked weird. Yeah, like little thing. Yeah, and no one else notices because right. everyone's eyes are on the person you're mm-hmm. interviewing. Exactly. Right? It's not about you. Yeah. But they do notice if something is wrong with you. <laughs> well, and some of the time that when you're on camera, sometimes the camera's behind you, so they're mm-hmm. shooting over your shoulder yeah. and they can only just see you, your hand, mm-hmm. microphone, and which is great, yeah. right? <laughs> like yeah, you don't have to worry okay. about looking good or bad. But, um, <coughs> you know, and, and even when we were supposed to, re- to record this last week, you were, uh-huh. you said, hey, sorry, I can't. Like, oh my I'm gosh. going down to Dallas because Cavenders are calling me down. Like, yeah, I, I go. felt so bad. Don't worry about it. It worked out fine. Um, so what, tell me about that. What was, what was the... Because obviously Cavendish is now a, a, a new opportunity that you have too. Well, and we're actually doing it like last week was prep for what we're doing this week. Okay. So I wasn't supposed to have to go down there. Um, I went down with my aunt and uncle to the American Red Horse Fraternity Association World Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, I was originally going to be down there for that. And I wasn't supposed to leave until like Wednesday or Thursday. And then I got called from Cavendish about... Let's go with an opportunity for some things they've got coming up. I'm not going to out the, pro- yeah. the project we're working on. Um, but they called me about getting ready for this project. And I was like, oh, dang. Okay, like when? Like when? And she was like, yeah. well, uh, really sorry to tell you, but like the deadline is like the 30th. And I was like, thanks. I'm about to be gone for five days, but it's fine. She goes, no, like you, like you're good. Like you can handle it. And again, it goes back to the pressure player. I'm like, okay, this is what I need to get done. I need to go get my hair put back in. I need to get nails put back on. Cause I'm just at home chilling. Well, it's yes. Chilling. Right. I got no events going on. I'm not doing anything. I wear a hoodie every day. Yeah. And, uh, so I had to go down there and had to go to the big, one of their bigger stores and get some clothes picked out mm-hmm. and um, meet with their social media coordinator about what we're going to be working on and just kind of get everything set up for that. And then we were supposed to do, um, we were supposed to do it on Monday. Yeah. And then thanks to ice and ice power and outage else, and yeah. whatnot. And then we were trying to push it to like Tuesday and then it just kept raining and never stopped yeah. raining. And now we're going to Now have we're recording it. on Thursday and the sun's coming out, which is great. But all the trees, now the wind's picking up and oh all the trees goodness, are falling over. Oh my goodness, I know. That's nuts. Now we're actually going to end up doing the project on, on Saturday. Cool. That's and good. hopefully it'll be dry enough. But. Yeah. Hey guys, sorry to cut this one short, but uh, this will be the end of part one for uh, the episode with Elise Wade. Part two will be next week uh, as our Oklahoma Hall of Fame episode, um, cashing up uh, back from this episode and and kind of diving into what Elise has planned for the future, kind of what she's doing now, finishing up school, uh, going on the Monster Jam stuff as a reporter and and all this other amazing cool stuff that, that she's been able to do um, by, you know, just riding horses and getting the experiences and, and doing all the things that we've talked about up to this point. So real sorry. I know this is an amazing episode and, and sorry, to, there was really no place to cut it short. Uh, so I basically cut it right in the middle because we had a podcast for about two hours. So really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, keep an eye out for part two next week on, uh, you know, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame episode with Elise Wade. And yeah, have a great week and we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.